1: Put the spring back into your step and into your home too. shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45 percent, up to 45 percent off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply.
2: All right. It is hour four of this Friday edition of the cook and Joe show. It's our 20th and final hour of the week. Well, actually, it's only our 16th. We didn't weren't here on Christmas. We all everybody at the station had Christmas off. So it's our 16th and final hour of the week. We're expected to be joined by Jeff Hathorn from Steelers uh, camp uh, on the south side. Uh, I think he was saying George Pickens was due to talk today, and Jeff said he might be a few moments late, so we're going to hook up with him uh, as soon as possible. Bryant McFadden, uh, the former Steelers cornerback, who uh, you know does a terrific job on a podcast with Pat Pete. Patrick Peterson is his cousin, uh, obviously now a Steelers safety used to call him a cornerback. Now it's a safety. And I see Peterson is saying that, uh, hey, this might be good for me, might be able to extend my career uh, if I play safety. We saw Rod Woodson do it. We saw Charles Woodson do it. Um, and Hathorn, by the way, Charlie says two minutes he'll be ready. Um, guys that get towards the end of their career, they can buy some time and end up uh, playing safety. And I think uh, Pat Pete hopefully will be back with the Steelers, although I guess he has a big cap hit for next year. We'll see how that plays out. A little bit of news officially from the Steelers today. I guess Mike Tallman has confirmed uh, that, uh, that Mason Rudolph will be the starting quarterback. You know, he left a little bit of wiggle room for Pickett earlier in the week, but now confirming that uh, that Rudolph will be the starting quarterback. No indication if uh, Pickett will be the number one backup or even if he'll get a helmet as the number three behind Mitch Trubisky. Uh, But last week they announced that Pickett was out, wouldn't get a helmet. Now they're just saying that Rudolph is going to be the starter. That makes it official. And apparently Trenton Thompson, the safety, I mentioned Pat Pete going to play safety again. Uh, Trenton Thompson telling reporters today that he is out, is not going to play this week. May not be ready until the playoffs. So the Steelers were kind of hoping hoping that he would be back, hoping that Minka would be back. I haven't seen anything uh, from Minka about Minka yet. Maybe Jeff Hathorn will be able to give us an update there. Let's go out to the Nemecolon fan hotline. Nemecolon around every corner creates real-life magic for guests to welcome in. Jeff Hathorn And, Jeff, uh, good afternoon. I sound like Tomlin now. Good afternoon. Uh, no surprise Rudolph's going to start. Trenton Thompson's telling you guys he's out. What are you hearing about Menka? I, I find it doubtful that he's going to play.
0: Good afternoon. I'll start with a review of our last performance. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, the, we had requested Tomlin, and Tomlin said through a spokesperson, like, hey, Mason is going to start. We just got done talking to Trenton Thompson, who was full in practice yesterday, and there was hope that he would be able to return. And it was kind of a, on almost an assumption, in asking the question like, "Hey, you're going to be back?" And he's like, "Nah, Um, doctors told him that he's not ready to come back, and probably won't be ready to be back. Let me rephrase: most likely won't be able to come back against Baltimore either. There's an outside chance he would be available if they would make the playoffs." he's a fourth, you know, your fourth safety, but given all the injuries, it would have been nice to get him back in the mix, but unfortunately he won't be able to go.
2: What about Minka?
0: Minka we don't know officially yet. We're um we're we're waiting for word, but as you know, he did not practice Wednesday and Thursday and I, I think I could tell you that I don't feel optimistic that he's
2: going to be able to play. Uh no, I don't either. I mean, those knee injuries can be tough, right? I mean, I don't uh uh, I I'll be surprised if he does play this week. Uh, I mean again the injuries on defense they've certainly added up and they were able to get by last week. Miles Jack steps in, Eric Rowe gets an interception. Are they going to be able to do that in Seattle? It's going to be a lot harder to communicate in that environment, I would think.
0: Well, and the, I think the challenge is as much as, you know, T Higgins is a legit receiver and so is Tyler Boyd and you know Hudson's a good tight end. These three receivers for Seattle, uh, and they have some experience, more experience with Geno Smith than Jake Browning had with his group. And and you're talking about a guy in Metcalf who is like a physical freak. I mean, this guy is that big, that physical, and can run as fast as anybody. I mean, he he is a tough challenge. And then if you put too much attention on him, Tyler Lockett can beat you. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba can beat you. They have some tight ends that they that they use. And if they establish the Brown game, then it makes it all that much harder. So, yeah, I, I think the challenge, actually, even though since he had scored over 30 points a game in its last three, the challenge with Seattle is going to be pretty big, especially for those guys in the secondary.
2: What's fair? What do you expect of Mason Rudolph this week? Is it fair to expect what he did against Cincinnati, or is that asking too much? Now, Cincinnati's defense is bad, and Seattle's isn't really good either. I see Devin Bush and Artie Burns. My God, might be starting for them. How good can that defense be? But you're playing in an environment. You know, Tomlin mentioned the word. He said hostility. He said their reputation there is justified. What is fair to expect from Mason Rudolph this week?
0: Well, you know, I was just talking to Mason Cole, and he was saying, you know, it starts with us. We've got to be able to give him time. Um, we, you know, they know he's a guy who likes to hang in the pocket a little bit longer. Uh, what they were able to do against Cincinnati was hit some plays, kind of get them off, off balance a little bit because of a couple of splash plays, and kind of set the tone for the game for them. And obviously, I think I don't know that Seattle's that much better, but they are better defensively uh, than than what you see from Cincinnati. And you know, they're also going to pay some more attention to George Pickens than the Bengals decided to. So, I think. I mean, I feel good in, in Mason backing up a performance, whether he's going to throw for 290 with that type of completion percentage. I mean, I, we have, have we seen it even in his times where he's gone back-to-back games? I mean, I, I'm skeptical of this offense until they prove me otherwise. So I would say, I, I, I mean, with that crowd noise and what they're going to be dealing with up there, I, I don't think it's fair to say that a 34-point game is in the offing this week
2: yeah I don't either Jeff. I really don't like their chances uh up there did George Pickens talk today
0: uh he did um, uh it doesn't
2: sound like maybe he didn't have much to say or am I guessing wrong
0: yes that's that's the nice way of putting it he he wasn't very talkative was not in a talkative mood uh, he <laughs> answered all the questions uh just didn't ex- just didn't exactly
2: elaborate on him much right
0: i I mean we try to get try to figure out like why was it better last week what does he like about Mason and you know we got answers like, "Well, Mason's the quarterback," um, which is more—it's—it's it's, that's a true statement, but not exactly what the kind of detail we were looking for to try to explain why, you know, he had that big game last week and what led into it. He, he did say that he did nothing different in his preparation leading into that game, or no, you know, attention to detail or anything had changed. Um, and while he didn't say this, you know, he kind of just alluded to the fact that they just got him the ball and that's what was different between last week and some of the other weeks.
2: Jeff, uh, do you you like their chances in Seattle? I don't. I'm saying 21-17, Seattle. I know it's a a three-and-a-half-point line, and I know if the Steelers lose, they can say goodbye to the playoffs. What do you think? What's got to happen for them to win, and do you give them a fighting chance, a puncher's chance?
0: I I give them a puncher's chance, I do, Um, but I I think to expect you know, your third-string quarterback to have another big game for these guys that are coming off practice squads to be able to, to you know, come together and get three turnovers and uh, to make those type of impact plays defensively against a Seattle team that's, you know, also fighting to get in the playoffs. And they've got a chance to, I think, more or less clinch um, if they win this game, depending on a, one or two other factors. So I, I, do I give them a punch, puncher's chance? Yes. Do I think they will win... No, and I, I think a similar type score. Mine was, you know, 24 to 20. I, I think the Steelers, or the Steelers can score on this defense. I think they will make some plays. I just They've got to probably get to 25 or more uh, to knock off Seattle. I think they're going to be able to move the ball through the air, and they're going to be a, a problem in the red zone because of the different targets they have and the fact that they have uh, a little bit more established run game.
2: Uh, I hear you. Uh, I hear you. Now I I mentioned this during the show earlier. Let's Tomlin doesn't do it. Deal with hypotheticals. We're allowed. Say they miss the playoffs. Now in one way I I don't know how surprised they'll be because before the year I said eight and nine, third place, no playoffs. And then after the preseason I was intoxicated like everybody else and changed it to nine and eight, third place, no playoffs. Which it looks like they have a real chance of either being nine and eight eight and nine um somewhere in that area but yet they were six and three and they were facing those quarterbacks that nobody wanted all the backups DTR in Cleveland Jake Browning a rusty Kyle Murray um the New England kid how will you look at this season if they don't make the playoffs would it be uh, kind of a n- nightmare season
0: I mean disappointed considering where you were you know at six and three, you laid it out right there, and I would say, even at seven and four you 're coming home and you think you get two layups to get to nine and four, and then you know you went basically win one more game and you 're going to be in uh, I still don 't know that I think what showed throughout the year, and obviously they had some key injuries uh, targeted at one at two different positions at middle linebacker and also at safety that did impact them it did hurt them all teams though, deal with injury. I just don't think they're good enough. I think that's their, their bigger problem. I don't, I don't look at it as, as much as a disaster as they still have a ways to go, especially offensively. Ron, when you think of their offense, like how many guys could start for other teams in their division? I mean, George probably gets a look. Uh, I mean, who else? Yeah, I mean,
2: I, 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 I understand what Sam you're saying. Malu maybe
0: like, so as I think the season played out, we realized not only was the scheme bad and they had to make a change of coordinator and there were some issues there. I just think the reason we've seen consistency more than the scheme itself is they're just not talented enough. So while it's disappointing, I, this team wasn't ready to win or isn't ready to win a Super Bowl. So they've got some, They've got some upgrades to do offensively, and until they do that, I mean, just forget Super Bowl. Winning their own division uh, is going to be an uphill battle.
2: Well, Jeff, they missed the playoffs this year. will be four times in six years, and then obviously they won't have won a playoff game uh, in seven years. I fully expect Tomlin to be back. I'll be almost surprised if he doesn't get at least a year extension. Uh, do you feel that way, and do you think there will be changes on his coaching staff, though?
0: You know, you you can read tea leaves into all kinds of things and body, you know, if you read too much into body motions or energy at press conferences, you can think all kinds of different things. My thoughts are this, they still want Mike Tallman back. Um, And if they want him back for this coming season, you have to give him at least a year if you want to get any kind of reputable offensive coordinator. You're not going to get someone who you'd really like to be the next offensive coordinator to come in here for a lame duck head coach. It's just not going to happen. And then you're going to spin your wheels again for another year, potentially. Um, They have to to make a tough decision about his future, not after the contract expires. They do this off season. And if they feel like he's still the guy, they have to extend him at least a year. And I think you – When you look at the offensive coordinator, that has to be a group decision. And it needs to be someone that has no ties to this organization. Somebody with fresh ideas, a fresh look, you know, parallel to what Pat Narduzzi did. Who would have thought he would have ever hired a 30-year-old from the Carolinas to lead their offense? And I think the Steelers need to find some type of similar look, someone with different ideas that can upgrade what they're doing schematically uh, and then they then they have to go to work and do the harder thing, which is to find better personnel.
2: Yeah, they do. And, I, I mean, what would you think the number one need is? I, I mean, I think the defensive line, uh, you know, Cam's getting older, Ogon Joby, um, you know, I, I don't think they're going to take a quarterback unless it's someone they absolutely love. I think they're going to need a wide receiver because I don't know that Deontay is going to be back next year and you always need an offensive line. Uh, and now cornerback, too. Um, How do you see that all playing out at this point, what they need most?
0: Yeah, I think wide receiver is a a huge area of need. George Pickens has been inconsistent. He's shown, obviously, shown flashes. Deontay, to your point, I don't think we'll be back. Uh, If you can get a first-round receiver, someone that you can have cost control of, when you look at the, the salaries for wide receivers for five years, Uh, And there will be a good one wherever you're picking. You know, whether that's in the teens, if you lose the last couple, or whether it's in, you know, the early 20s of the first round, there'll be somebody there that that you can get. I I think that's a priority position. I think interior of that offensive line is a priority position as well. I don't know if I would look at a first-rounder, but if somebody falls down that, that you like in that position, that's another area I want to get. Yeah, you you mentioned a couple defensively, but they've really got to attack this offense and get it better. And you know the offensive line they have now, all those guys except for Sayamalu will be entering the final year of their contract next year. That's a big turnover, um, you know. And I'm including Chukes and not Broderick Jones. Obviously Broderick was was a draft pick, but you know Sayamalu has two more years, and the other three have one left. So you need some. You need to be thinking about that as well. That's why I think the interior line is, is on the table, if not in the first round, at least in the second or third.
2: All right, we're talking to Jeff Hathorn. Jeff, before I go, I know you're headed to Syracuse tomorrow, right? You're on the call of the Pitt-Syracuse basketball game. It's nice to see uh, you know, a real opponent again. I mean, Pitt's played some of these cupcakes like everybody does. Um, what do you expect out of Pitt tomorrow? Both teams, I think, nine and three. Both teams have won four in a row. It won't be the same without Jim Boeheim in the Carrier Dome, though, will it? No, no, it
0: won't. I wonder if he's going to be there as a media guy. Uh, oh, if, if isn't it,
2: that? I love these guys that absolutely hated the media. Now they're right? media guys, right? Is he going to
0: show up and is he going to be grilling? You know, looking for his Pulitzer. <laughs> you know, with Jeff Capel after the after the game, uh, it, it will be weird. It will be weird, strange to go up there and not just see the the two three zone. To see, you know, Adrian Autry kind of mixing up defenses, but it's two elite players in the league Judah Mintz, uh, the guard for Syracuse, and Blake Hinson. I think that's what makes this intriguing and entertaining, you know, tomorrow at noon. Those two guys can score the basketball. Uh, Syracuse has a few others. I think Pitt does as well. Let's see how Bob Carrington, you know, deals with ACC play. I, I think there's a lot to be excited about. The key for me for their whole season is. Are they going to get consistent post-play? If they can get consistent post-play, especially defensively, I think they've got a chance uh, to be at least in the upper half of the ACC. If they struggle there, uh, it's going to depend on how hot they are from three. And on days where they're not, it's going to be a struggle for them.
2: Do they have a chance to be better than last year? I mean, they made the tournament. They won a tournament game. Kind of came out of nowhere. Now the expectations are a little higher. Do you think they have a chance to be as good or better than last year?
0: You know, they had four experienced guards last year that are all gone now. That's where I wonder if they can match what they did last year. When it came down to crunch situations in big games, you had different guys you could count on. Now you're getting it to Blake. Ish Leggett is, is kind of proving himself, and Carrington's just a freshman. How is he going to handle it? There's unknowns, whereas last year you knew you know, you could handle the press. You could make good decisions because you had that experience. They don't have it this year. But we'll see how that plays out. I, I don't know if they could be. I think there's an outside shot that could be NCAA team, but things have to fall their way, and like I said, uh, they've got to get better. And more consistent in the post and if they do yeah i think they have a chance but i don't think they'll be better than last year's team
2: jeff safe travels to syracuse i wish i was going with you instead of going to seattle it's a little easier trip to syracuse isn't it
0: yes it is uh not often do people say that <laughs> exact sentence uh but in, in this terms yeah i agree with you i i and it's always a unique environment in the carrier dome and they get you know a ton of fans and it's a rivalry game so All of that makes it fun as well.
2: Jeff, safe travels. We'll look forward to your call. You'll hear the game here on 93.7 The Fan. You do great work, and I appreciate you joining me now. And I hope uh, 2024 is the best year yet for you and those you love, my friend.
0: Same for you and and your daughter, and uh, have a safe trip to Seattle as well.
2: All right, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, Awaken 180 Weight Loss, social media's biggest losers, brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Reserve your consultation today at Awaken180WeightLoss.com. It has to be me. I'm, I'm getting beat up a little bit by the the uh, uh, the Swifties out there. I said I don't find anything. I, I wouldn't watch Taylor Swift if she was out in the parking lot, and I've taken a little bit of a beating for that. So I'll gladly wear uh, the mantle of uh, Awaken 180 Weight Loss's biggest loser. Uh, let me tell you that uh, the Fan Hotline brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates a personal injury law firm where there's always uh, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter. It's brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge Jeep Ram and Peters Township. You can visit them online at southhillsjeep.com. All right. Uh, quick intermission here. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Bryant McFadden, uh, former Steelers uh, cornerback, uh, always brings it, always has opinions. I can't wait to hear what he thinks. Uh, expects of the Steelers this week in Seattle, what he expects uh, of Mason Rudolph and how, uh, you know, what chances he gives the Steelers of actually making the playoffs. I just don't like their chances uh, this week at all. Before we do go to the break, I want to talk to you one last time this week about Mr. Ruder Plumbing, uh, Pittsburgh's best plumbing company. It says so right in their motto, right in the slogan, uh, which comes from the top, right from Bob Beal, the owner, who's built a plumbing company empire um quote we're mr reuter call us we're the best plumbers in the business i think that sums it up pretty well pretty succinctly mr reuter plumbing is the best plumbers in the business that's why they've lasted man it's going on 21 years now in this market who could have ever guessed that they'd uh, uh, be around that long and you have to be awfully good in anything uh to last in any market 21 years and certainly mr reuter plumbing qualifies Write the number down so you have it in case of a plumbing problem, 412-Rooter2, 412-Rooter2. You can check out the website, MrRooterPittsburgh.com. It is a good one. As I said, uh, almost 21 years in this market now, 50 trucks out on the road every day ready to come to your home to fix any kind of a plumbing problem or to your business to fix any kind of plumbing problem. 412-Rooter2, phones answer round the clock. we got New Year's Day coming up on Monday. Uh, heaven forbid you have a plumbing problem but if you do the only number to call 412 Rooter two it is pittsburgh's number one full service plumbing company mr Rooter plumbing
1: (sighs) spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too
2: All right, let's go out to the Nemecolon fan hotline. Nemecolon around every corner creates real-life magic for guests. And welcome in one of our favorite guests. Uh, He's joined us regularly through this football season. I'm talking about former Steelers cornerback Super Bowl champion Brian McFadden. He does a terrific podcast uh, with his cousin, Steelers cornerback. I guess I should say Steelers safety now, maybe. Uh, Pat Pete, Patrick Peterson. Brian, I appreciate your time, man. I hope you had a great holiday.
3: Uh, thank you for uh, joining. I mean, allowing me to join. you. Yes, I did. Hopefully, yours is was, uh, was, was safe and and happy as well.
2: It seems like uh, Pat Pete, your friend, has found a new position. He seems very comfortable in that safety position, doesn't he?
3: Yeah, we we spoke about his new role uh, this past week you know, on the podcast and. You know, for him, that's unfamiliar territory because he's so accustomed to being, in a, you know, in a short space, you know, with him and the wide receiver. But now he said he has the luxury of seeing everything and communicating to all the guys, which is something that he started to really, you know, like and, and enjoy.
2: That can buy him a, a few extra years in his career, can't he? We saw Rod Woodson do it. We saw Charles Woodson do it. And I think, you know, maybe Pat Pete realizes this may extend his career. Yeah, well, it definitely would if he continued to get uh, get interceptions like he was able to do uh, <laughs> last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. You better believe it. What uh, I want, I'm interested in your thoughts on what Mason Rudolph did last week, and I know last year you were one of the first guys. You wanted to go to Pickett, uh, and now they're going to stick with Rudolph. I guess Mike Tomlin made it official this week. I still think Pickett has to be their guy going forward but maybe not this week. What did you think about what Rudolph did against the Bengals last week?
3: Man, he jumped in and showcased nothing but professionalism. Um, Just being able to, you know, be sitting down for such a long time. remember the last time we saw Mason Rudolph start was in 2021. Um and not getting a nod when Kenny went down earlier this year, just being patient, you know, acting like the the outstanding professional that he is. And when his number was called, he answered. He really exceeded the expectations, and not just from the individual side of things, but also the offense. You know, just the explosive nature that we witnessed with the offense. And you know, one of the the, the bigger guys that we were talking about was George Pickens. We know what type of talent George Pickens has is as a player, but it wasn't really surfacing because of the lack of opportunities or the lack of connection with the quarterbacks. But with with Mason Rudolph in the lineup, George Pickens delivered the numbers that we know he's, he can deliver week in and week out. So, I was excited. Just like you guys were excited, I was excited. You know, we, we finally saw an offense with a post. We saw excitement. We saw guys being emotional and energetic, and that's something that we need to continue to see. Now it's all about can he repeat the same type of performances, you know, going next week, this week against Seattle. That's what we were looking to see. But for his first start, I mean, he checked up all the boxes. He throws a nice deep ball, doesn't he, Bryant? Yeah, that was always one of the strong suits of his ball game, going back to his Oklahoma State days, you know, taking shots down the football field. We know he has a strong arm. And that's something that is needed when you're playing the quarterback position because if a defender really does not respect your deep ball, you know you're going to just challenge more more of the intermediate routes. But what we saw last week was just the accuracy on intermediate routes, and of course the deep ball accuracy as well.
2: We're talking to Brian McFadden here on the Cook and Joe Show, and and Brian, how tough of a place is it to play in Seattle? Uh, Mike Tomlin talked this week about how they're. I think he used the word their reputation for hostility is very much legitimate there. It's a tough place to play, isn't it, for Mason in that offense, I would think. Oh uh, No
3: question. Um, and also, too, when you factor in what's at stake for the Seattle Seahawks, no room for error as they try to compete for a playoff spot similar to the Pittsburgh Steelers, so their fans are going to be energetic. They're going to be fired up, um, and that's why it's so important uh, just to get off to a fast start. That's what we saw last week at home against Cincinnati, and that's something that we need to continue to see from the Pittsburgh Steelers because it's already tough playing on the road in that type of environment. But it will become tougher if you get off to a fast start and you allow them to swing first, not only swinging first, but can make that first big-time connection.
2: Bryant, you mentioned George Pickens, and obviously he had a tough week last week. You know, ridiculed around the NFL, I think that's fair to say for – You know, a lack of effort, not wanting to block on a Jalen Warren running and saying he didn't want to get hurt. Your thoughts on how he bounced back and did Mike Tomlin? Obviously, the results by playing him turned out well. But do you think there should have been at least some sort of public discipline for him?
3: Well, you know, I I feel like the way he handled the media leading up to the ballgame last week was what you needed to see. Um, You know, he seemed to be remorseful. And that's all you can ask. Right. And for him, as a young player, he's continuing to learn what it means to be a professional player on and off the football field. And that comes with the experience, especially when you talk about having an offense that lacks experienced leadership within it. You know, it's different than when I was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. When you talk about the offenses that I was a part of, you know, being on the same team with. We had sound leadership. We had guys that would instantly check certain things when things did not look as it should look. We don't have the same experience currently with the team offensively, so that's, that's why we've seen a lot of guys go through growing pains. But for him, the way he handled himself, he wasn't a distraction outside of him just handling the pressers and coming into the ball game. He was overly dialed in, and we saw that. And all he did was just show us that, yeah, he still has it. Because remember, in training camp, who was the talk of training camp? Even going back to last year's training camp, his rookie campaign, it was George Pickens. So you never question, can he ball? You never question, does he have the talent? The issue for George Pickens is not allowing other things to become a distraction within his ball game. And I think, I hope this was a learning curve for him, and all of that is behind him, and all he's doing now is trying to focus on the season at hand, becoming the ultimate teammate, for the team, the other guys on the offensive side, and most importantly, making plays.
2: Brian, I I mean, Mike Tomlin has always been recognized as, uh, you know, he has his finger on the pulse of the team. And I know uh, Pat Pete is one of the reasons he came here, maybe the big reason was to play for Mike Tomlin. Uh, If they miss the playoffs this year, it'll be four times in six years, and they haven't won a playoff game, will be seven years if they don't win one this year. Why should we still think that Mike Tomlin's the right guy for the job?
3: Because, as you mentioned, he's a leader of men. Um, he is highly respected in the locker room when it comes to the players. And he understands the game. He knows the game. And for Pittsburgh, the standard is higher than most organizations deserving so. It's championship or bust. Now for us, because, you, as you just stated, we've been away from the playoff for such a long time, it's trying to get into the playoffs, Right you got to crawl before you can walk. And, yes, we've had some down years when it comes to getting into the playoffs. We haven't reached the standard. But when you talk about the job that he has done in being above average, having a winning record, the job he's done in regards to getting young guys to surface to be big-time playmakers, he's done a phenomenal job with that. But the standard is always high. I don't care who the coach is for Pittsburgh. If you're not reaching the standard, it's going to be an issue with the fan base, deserving so. You know that's 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 what what comes with championships. That's what comes with six sticky Lombardies. Everyone is looking for the utmost when it comes to expectations. And I'll say this: you know, for people who says uh, we we should fire Mike Tomlin or you should get rid of Mike Tomlin, you never get rid of the current car if you don't have a better car waiting. You never you never quit or walk away from a job unless you know you have a better job waiting. So if you don't know you have a better coach waiting be mindful of what you ask for, what you may want, because you might get it. That's why our organization, the Pittsburgh Steelers, have been so stable and solid when it comes to coaches. We're not like the Cleveland Browns of the world. We're not like the Cincinnati Bengals of the world, the Miami Dolphins. Those are teams that are always going through a coaching carousel. For us, the standard hasn't been met, but if you're telling me you want to move on from Mike Tomlin, but you don't know who the next guy is, Or is he a better option than Mike Tomlin? You might want to pump your brakes. I still believe in who he is as a coach. I still believe in his ability to lead men in the locker room. And I still believe he has the ability to get this team back to having championship-like aspirations. So, you know, let's see exactly what happens the rest of the way. But I can tell you this much. When you have sound play at the quarterback position, you have a fighting chance. And because of injuries and things going on with the offense, clearly we haven't been able to reach that mark. That's why we're in a position where we're in currently now, no room for error, and we also need help to try to get into the playoffs.
2: My, my feeling, Brian, is they're going to have a tough time taking care of their own business, let alone getting help. I guess Buffalo has to lose a game or Jacksonville. What chance do you give them in Seattle, and then what chance do you give them the following week in Baltimore when it looks like if Baltimore beats Miami this week, maybe they'll be sitting some of their stars, including Lamar?
3: I give them a great chance against Seattle because Seattle's a team that has been up and down just like we have. Seattle has been a team that has been inconsistent on the offensive end. The same can be said defensively as well. So this is an even match outside of us being on the road. That's the thing. you got to find a way to get off to a fast start and take the crowd out of the ball game. The sense of urgency that we saw last week against Cincinnati is something that we've been wanting to see for such a long time. And in that losing streak, we wasn't meeting that mark. So for us, I love our chances against Seattle because Seattle's not one of the more consistent teams in the National Football League. They're talented. The personnel is nice, but they've been inconsistent in certain areas, and hopefully we can export those areas in our favor.
2: What do you make of Geno Smith? A nice comeback story for him, isn't it? Uh, and I, I, oh. I guess Mason Rudolph mentioned it the other day, saying he's inspiring. His career looked to be over with the Jets, and now all of a sudden making some money in uh, Seattle and and in position to lead them to the playoffs. Yeah, I
3: remember when Geno became the starter last year for the Seattle Seahawks, and I think they won the first game against Denver Monday night. You know, Geno said they wrote him off, but he didn't write back. And I love that because a lot of people did write Geno Smith off, and hopefully Mason can kind of take that page out of Geno's book and put it in his book because a lot of people wrote Mason Rudolph off, off. And hopefully he didn't write back or respond back because we need Mason until Kenny is healthy to be able to weather the storm and keep this boat afloat because we still got a fighting chance. It's 14%, 15%. It's not zero. So take care of what you need to take care of most importantly, which is in your house. Take care of your house business and then look outside the neighborhood to see exactly what's going on in the neighborhood. But it doesn't mean anything when it comes to neighborhood business, if you're not taking care of the business in your house. And our house business is Sunday on the road against the Seattle Seahawks.
2: All right, Brian, I'm going to give you an opportunity to announce your comeback here today and play. If Joe Flacco can still do it, why can't you? No, no, Joe Flacco played a different position than I (laughs) play.
3: I got to run around and try to chase fast guys. Joe Flacco sits in the pocket and every now and then scrambles but utilizes his arm. Now, it's different. When you talk about playing cornerback and being away from the game for such a long time, the diet is not the same you might have indulged in a little more desserts than what you did when you were playing. And that speed and quickness clearly is not there. So no, I'll sit back and I'll, I'll I'll window shop like the rest of everybody else is watching as a fan and just be, be a couch head. But Joe Flacco's story has been phenomenal. Um, the Cleveland Browns story has been phenomenal as well. And it, 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 it saddens me to say that because I hate everything Brown-related. Any other <laughs> team in the AFC North I hate. But the unbiased analyst in me, has to, I have to tip my hat to Kevin Stefanski for the job he's done. Losing his starting quarterback, currently on his fourth quarterback, who weeks ago was at home picking up the kids from school, losing his star left tackle, losing his star – running back, lost, had didn't have his star wide receiver last night, and they have 11 wins.
2: It, it is a remarkable story, and, I, and I'm with you. I understand everybody in Pittsburgh hates Cleveland, but, I you know, I kind of feel good for the Cleveland fans a little bit. The organization just stinks. I have no – No, no, feel for them whatsoever. But their fans are great and they've suffered so much there.
3: No, 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 no. Now, see, I'm going to stop you right there. You're being a little too nice. I don't feel good for Cleveland fans at all. I never (laughs) want to feel good for Cleveland fans. I don't want to feel good by anything. Their fan base don't like us. We don't like them. Let's keep it as such. Don't (laughs) waste any good favor for the fan base. Unfortunately, we got to look at their success and hear about their success. But that's it. You're moving. You're going too far right now, right? No, no, no. Their fan base, we're not wishing them well about anything.
2: <laughs> you know, th- this is the first time since 1989 they finished ahead of the Steelers. Think about yeah. that. And this yeah, is only really? their third playoff appearance since they came back into the league in 1999. Just incredible when you look at it from that perspective, right?
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
2: But, I mean, the Flacco story, who could have ever guessed he'd be 4-1 and, and this is all over Twitter. He's thrown 13 touchdown passes in the five games. Pickett has thrown 13 touchdowns in 25 games. And the 13 that he's had in five games, more than the Steelers quarterbacks combined this year. Who saw that yeah, coming? Who saw that coming?
3: Yeah, please don't throw any more salt on the wound we have, okay? That's what you're doing right now.
2: (laughs) All right, let me finish up. My partner's not here today. He always likes to do that free association with you. So I'm going to do a little bit of poor man's free association, okay? You play the game as tremendous as anybody. All right, let's go. MVP will be?
3: It should be Christian McCaffrey.
2: Uh, That's not what I ask you. Who is it? Will it be?
3: Man, it's a quarterback award, ain't probably going to give it to Lamar Jackson.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. Why McCaffrey, Bryant? I mean, he's a touchdown machine. Jerome Bettis always told me, they pay me to score touchdowns.
3: That's what McCaffrey does. He's an offensive weapon. He's not a running back. He's an offensive weapon. This is a guy that uh, does so much. And I think before the four interception uh, display for Brock Purdy, he was number one in my opinion, but what happened with him in the game against Baltimore, I would have Christian McCaffrey number one because he means so much, and he. it doesn't matter who, was playing,
2: who, who, who he's playing against, he shows up and he gets into the end zone. Defensive player of the year will be? T.J. Watt. You know, the odds makers say that he's a distant third behind Garrett and Parsons, and I don't understand it. I mean, T.J. leads the league in sacks. He's got four forced fumbles. He had the interception against L.A., which turned that game around.
3: That's why I'm not listening to what the hot makers say. Most of them are drunk anyway, so give me T.J. Watt.
2: <laughs> All right. The coach of the year will be, I think, this is a pretty easy call.
3: Kevin Stefanski.
2: No, no doubt. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, let me give you a couple of Steelers before I get back into the NFL at, at, at large. Uh, more carries this week. Warren or Najee? Najee. More catches this week. Deontay or Pickens? Deontay. Over-under catches for Fryermuth, two-and-a-half. No, I don't think he was even targeted uh, last week. I, I, you know, they he had killed the Bengals in Cincinnati, and they took him away, and then the Steelers went outside to Pickens. Over-under, two-and-a-half for Fryermouth. Over. Kenny Pickett will be the starting quarterback in Pittsburgh on opening day next year. Mm. Mm. Tough Ooh. one, tough one.
3: Oh, boy. That's a tough one. I mean, I really don't know what's going to be out there, available. I say yes.
2: All right. Joe Flacco will lead the Browns to a playoff win.
3: Oh, it depends on who they face off against. (sighs) Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: All right. Baltimore will be the Super Bowl uh, representative out of the AFC. Yes. San Francisco will be the uh, Super Bowl representative out of the NFC. Yes. Okay. Then you got Baltimore and San Francisco. Who's going to be the world champion with two weeks left to go? San Francisco
3: will win the Super Bowl. You they're, got, going, they're going to get the revenge against Baltimore. Beat them.
2: Bryant, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, I hope uh, 2024 is the best year yet for you and your family. It's always a joy, and uh, let's do this again, okay? Maybe around playoff time.
3: Okay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All and right. Likewise to you and your family.
2: All right. Happy New Year to you. In uh, yours, Brian, he is so much fun to talk to. What do you say? The voters are drunk, you know, on the odds makers uh, that the 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 wise guys uh, uh, who TJ is a distant, distant, distant third. I mean, it, they have it too close to call with Micah Parsons and, and Miles Garrett. And I'm not quite sure. I understand why I don't think Miles Garrett has ever got a vote uh, for defensive player of the year. And now it looks like he has a real chance of winning it. So uh, that's going to be something to uh, uh, watch the rest of the way. Although TJ with 17 sacks, he gets five and a half in the last two games. That's a lot. I know chances are he's not going to do that. But man, if he approaches his own record that he shares with Michael Strahan, it's going to be awfully hard, I would think, uh, to not give it to him. But McFadden, of course, he's friends with Pat Pete. I think they're blood. I think he's uh, their cousins. Uh, Of course, he's going to say the Steelers have a chance in Seattle. Sure, they have a chance. I'm not talking about the great Seattle Super Bowl team of a couple years ago, what, the Legion of Boom um, defense. They're not that good this year. But playing in that venue where the Steelers have lost five in a row, um, seven of uh, – five in a row – 7 of 8, I believe, 6 of 7 since they've, uh, 7 of 8 it actually is, in the history between the teams. It's just hard to like the Steelers out there. And I just i am not sure that Mason Rudolph is going to be able to duplicate what he did against the Bengals. If he does, and the Steelers go into Baltimore next week with life, uh, we have a hell of a story on our hands. It was a hell of a story what Mason has done already, uh, but it will really be incredible if he can pull it off uh, again, uh, it's happening again. It's back. Okay, I'm talking about the Fan Morning Show wedding. It's presented by Noah Gabriel and Company Jewelers. One lucky couple will get married or have their vows renewed at Voodoo Brewing Brewing Company Pittsburgh Pub on February 16th during the Fan Morning Show. Uh, for contest details, go to 937thefan.com. Entry deadline is January 10th. This has been our What's Cooking segment brought to you by Mr. Reuter. Thank you, Mr. Reuter. And also, call 412-REUTER, too, by the way, and also brought to you by your local GEICO rep, Tim Hester. Thank you, Mr. Hester. Very, very kindly. All right, it's been a fun week. Starkey's been off. I know he's had a fun week, I believe golfing uh, in Miami. Uh, I don't think, I haven't heard for sure that he's not going to be back Monday with me, uh, but I don't think he's back until Tuesday. And uh Pompeanny will be in Monday. I will be in Seattle. I'm headed out there with Fittipaldo and Dulac uh, early tomorrow morning. It's a long journey, and everybody that listens to this show knows how much I hate flying. But uh, it, uh, I- I'm not looking forward to it, but I'll be doing the show Monday uh, from Seattle. I believe Charlie Borges, you're going to be on the board for us again uh, Monday? Yes, I will. You'll have to keep uh, Pompey in line, and that's not an easy task. It should be a great weekend of football. I'm looking forward to the Penn State game uh, on tomorrow against Ole Miss. I'm really looking forward to those NFL games, especially, you know, the uh, Ravens in Miami. That should be an interesting game. Uh, you know, certainly the uh, Ravens can clinch the number one seed. If they happen to uh, win in Baltimore, I don't like their chances. Uh, Baltimore is tough at home and Miami not very good on the road. But I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to the game tomorrow night. Denver, uh, Detroit at Dallas. Dallas is a six-point underdog uh, favorite at home. I like Dallas to get back on the winning track. Dallas is like Miami, terrific at home, not so good on the road. And, uh, you know, they're trying to get home field advantage, trying to outlast Philadelphia in the NFC. So I would expect Dallas to put on – Quite a show. And then Cincinnati, Kansas City. Can Kansas City get it back on track uh, at home? They've they've, uh, lost three out of four. They got beat at home by the Raiders the other day. Travis Kelsey's mad. Mahomes is mad. I assume uh, Andy Reid is mad. So there's some great football games coming up this weekend. And then, of course, the national championship tourney will be Monday. Uh, The semifinals, Alabama and Michigan. Uh, in one game, what a matchup of historic proportions that is, of great, great, great historical programs. And then Texas against Washington, uh, also for the right to play for uh, the national title. We'll be talking about all of that and more on Monday. Uh, I hope everybody else uh, has a great weekend out there. Happy New Year to you and yours. I hope 2024 is the best year yet. Thank you to Charles uh, Charles Borges for doing a great job producing the show all week we're going to ask them to dig deep and put up with us one more day on monday have a great and safe uh, friday night weekend and terrific new year thank you for listening to the cook and joe show and make sure you tune back in monday morning on new year's day at 10 (sighs) o'clock
1: spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact